Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 273, episode one of Der Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, January 30th, 2023. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I've got plumper thighs. Look at these quads and you'll realize I've got plumper thighs working the legs for the daily zeitgeist that is courtesy of right to post little hungry eyes eric carmen aka i think we looked up eric carmen he's like wild problematic at this point but i don't know i'll, I'll fact, fact check me it, on that did internet you say eric eric cartman because he's very yes. problematic Oh, he's, he's yeah, that's right. They things. made a they made a character about him. I think South he's Park. misunderstood. Okay, I'm sick of this <laughs> cancel culture. Fed that kid's parents to him, but other than that, I feel like he's pretty chill. <laughs> well, we are thrilled to be joined in my second seat by a hilarious and brilliant stand-up comedian, writer, actor, improviser, biomedical engineer. You can catch her on stages across this great land. It's Halabi Ganali. Wow, oh to have my, my name goodness. yelled with the correct pronunciation feels so good. It feels mm. so great. Feels good good on this side, too. Mm. <laughs> You've got a great name. Pallavi, it's great to have you. You are filling in for Miles, who... Not just at the Daily Bite Guys, but just in regular life, in life. too. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been hired as his stand-in. So. <laughs> his life stand-in? <laughs> yeah. He just needed a break, you know. He needed to body bear for a minute, and now yeah. I'm filling it. We got a brown <laughs> person. It's all the same, right? The same. <laughs> same height. I don't know. <laughs> Are you six two? Sure. Yeah. Miles is Miles is tall, and I'm always just uh, surprised every time I see him again for the first time in like a couple weeks. I'm like, man, you are. You are he's a got short man. man energy. He feels like a short person. He should be. That's short. not true. It's because he's approachable. He's like secure with himself, you know. So he, yeah. I don't know. He has, you know, I don't know. I, he just has the energy of somebody who is not defined by their height. And then when you true. see him, it takes a moment to be like, "Oh, you are taller than most people." Mm. Yeah. Anyways, Dave, I'm not allowing you to cast aspersions on my comment about Miles being a tall, a tall gentleman. Dave's here to start drama. I'm tall too. So no I, way. I, I think no way. I'm, I don't believe I'm, that at all. I'm seven two, the same height <laughs> as uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, I'm not. Just kidding. I have. I also have short man energy. That's why I bring it up. I can feel the the, the camaraderie between me and Miles when we hang out. Yeah. Well. That third voice 
you keep hearing is someone we're thrilled to be joined by a very talented writer, humorous podcast host whose work you've seen in the LA Times, Guardian, New Yorker, if you've ever heard of that periodical publication, uh, New York Magazine. You've read them at all of those places because you're extremely well-read. Yes, I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> He's the consummate podcast host, podcast guest, professional wrestling expert. Please welcome the hilarious, the fashionable, the brilliant Dave Schilling! Hello! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> this Hello. is how we're talking to each other the whole episode! We are so far away. <laughs> I love not being the loudest person on a podcast. That never happens to me. <laughs> I, know. I was taught to project. When I went yes. to podcast college, they said, use your outside voice. Hit the back of the room with extreme prejudice. Yeah, It was hard for me <laughs> to shake that that directive from, from elementary school, where it's like, use your inside, six-inch voices, not six-foot voices. But when you become a professional podcaster... You got to use that six foot voice, okay? You got to get out there. That six foot two voice, just like Miles Gray, six two. Yeah, that voice. six foot Correct. two voice. Yes, yeah, exactly. The extreme prejudice reaching the back of the the podcast room is just all the slurs that podcasters normally say. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's how some podcasters hit yeah. that back of the room with extreme That's prejudice. True. Yes, <laughs> it's the it's the hard hard R syndrome. That's where they keep the minorities <laughs> in the back of the room. So That's right. <laughs> all right. Well. Dave, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Pallavi, we might even get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we're talking about. We're recording this on Friday. I don't believe they have released the video of the police murder in Memphis, but we do have a story about who those police officers were. They were part of a special task force that was aimed at stopping street violence, crazily enough. So we're going to talk about these sorts of task forces, um, how they get covered, how they come about, and why they aren't ever held to account, and hopefully will be now. I don't know. We'll talk about Trump's return to Meta. They're, They're welcoming Trump back on Meta and all his campaign money, because apparently he was like the biggest spender of all time on meta in terms of political ads before we get to any of that dave we do like to ask our guest and you may know this what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are Uh, i recently googled martini glasses specifically nick and nora glasses because i broke one in the sink and i i'm a, a big martini drinker and i found a set of four from um the museum of modern art in new york's website i don't know why the MoMA is selling martini glasses. They have like a whole like home goods store connected to that. Yeah, it's uh, just like museum. an IKEA if you walk. And I kind of like some of the stuff, <laughs> and then I feel bad for liking it. It's kind of fucked up that they're horning in on IKEA and Target's whole thing. Like, I don't think Target's going to start showing Marc Chagall paintings. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're going to yeah. start getting sculptures from Damien Hirst at Ikea. This is not appropriate. Let's stay How in your lane here. dare you? The art at Ikea is incredible and magnificent. <laughs> and I could stare at it for hours getting lost there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. I, I get that. But I'm talking about fine art. Not just, you know, like a tableau of a bowl of fruit or something. Or a right. magic eye pa- Do they have magic eye paintings at Ikea? Yeah, what is the art at Ikea? Like that that actually is a really good it's question. It's very generic. To... And it's like, I feel like them and like the people who put art in hotels have to link up. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like <laughs> they're on the same wavelength. A black and white photo of a guitar. Triangles <laughs> everywhere. Lots I'm guessing lots there's like... Triangles live laugh love stuff too you know oh for sure right yeah although that does feel like a little bit outside of ikea's wheelhouse the live laugh love that's more of a target walmart right something in that font you know what i mean yes yeah i'm trying to think like would it be okay i'm looking there's a sander patelski photograph of a uh pool so like they have like i'm sure they have like somebody who has good taste like buying art for them at mm-hmm. Ikea. Yeah, we're just dogging so, on this person. <laughs> you know, basically, the MoMA is Ikea without the meatballs, is what I'm here to say. 
The yeah. art at Ikea is just as good as the art at the MoMA, as long as you're not a materialist who cares that the it's not they're not originals. I am always at the MoMA screaming, where are the meatballs? You do so do that. I yeah. do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One could say that that lingonberry sauce is artistic. It is a, an expression <laughs> of humanity's greatest achievement, in, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So yeah. true. I do sometimes wonder that. Like when I talk about the Cheesecake Factory menu being like the thing that will be remembered from American, like America's contribution to like civilization, they'll just be like marveling at our ability to put that much food together and like put it, put it out and you know just get it all together i don't think it's about the menu itself i think it's about attempting to read the menu in a poorly lit room yeah 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 it's the experience it's performance art that engages the audience it's funny that you say that polavi because the people that eat at cheesecake factory tend to have very bad eyesight because of their their elderly nature i don't know if only old people go to cheesecake factory but i think it's predominantly people who maybe should have some lights on maybe we should crank that that dimmer a little bit so that we can see what we're shoveling in our mouth crank that dimmer when you're in florida you'll occasionally see people with little flashlights on their keychains like the the elderly like have little gadgets (laughs) that i'm not aware of but (laughs) we do it with our phones right yeah for sure flashlight on for sure but they've got little like squeezy flashlights I want to show up to the Cheesecake Factory in a full-on fucking, like, helmet with a flashlight on it, like I'm like going... Like a big-ass, yeah. yeah spill like I'm shit. a miner, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go rescue some Thai children. And also... <laughs> some, some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I really want some mozzarella sticks. But I do wonder, like, will Ikea be remembered? Will that be a thing that people look back on? Because it is, like, the predominant thing from our... It will be the predominant... Like, when when they're digging around in the rubble of... The U.S. mostly what they're going to be finding is probably IKEA furniture, right? Yeah, I think that, maybe. I, I think that there's uh, th- there's a, a real serious point to be made here, guys. That the abundance that we all enjoy today, all the furniture, all of the food, all of the things that we have that we take for granted, are going to be uh, not possible in the next 100 right. years. So people yeah. will look back on the the just pure greed and avarice of our society and be like, how did they? How did they do this? People right. lived like this. Well, they got to they got to get a, an appetizer and a main and then dessert. Yeah, unbelievable. They're gonna be shocked. So yeah, I yeah. think that IKEA and Cheesecake Factory and Sizzler and Hometown Buffet and Costco are all going to to be considered like these quirky relics of a different time. I yeah. don't know if it's sad like- or not. But it's gonna the way happen. we view like Great Gatsby, like the the way people are like we're having a Gatsby party. They'll like have IKEA that. parties, yeah, with like three meatballs to be like, like we, Kylie we Jenner's great grandchildren. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I learned this week that IKEA is a nonprofit. Did you guys know that? What? No, that feels Apparently, like a tax scheme. Ex- that that feels like a tax dodge. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it is, and it's but it's technically a nonprofit. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> IKEA is yeah. technically a religion, like yeah. Scientology. They don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> I, I heard Warren Buffett is donating his entire fortune to IKEA. IKEA. He's such a good guy. That's so cool. <laughs> he's my favorite. Like, I, he's my favorite uh, spiritual leader. What is something, Dave, that you think is overrated? Oh boy. Not okay, IKEA, this is for sure. Uh, definitely not. No, those meatballs uh, are slamming, as we established. I'm gonna stick to movies because. This is Oscar season. There's a lot of controversy out there about what movies were nominated, what movies weren't nominated. So something that is under or overrated is what we're starting with, right? Yes. Okay. An overrated movie that I saw this year. I am going to go with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I know I'm going to have to turn in all of my, my black cards and whatnot for saying this, but I found that movie very boring. It was long and I I didn't really connect to any of the characters. I really missed Chadwick Boseman. Uh, and so I feel I like... I missed him too. Yeah, I think we all did. It was, I, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything, but at the end, he's got a kid, right? He's, he's had, he had sex once. Black Panther wow. had sex once, and he's got a little kid at the end. Who's going to, I guess, grow That's up fun. to be 
Chadwick Boseman recreated with artificial intelligence or something. You know, they're going to, they, right. at some point, we're going to get that. And I got kind of weepy with that. But like, for the most part, I was so bored with the little guy with his little, his little wings on his feet and all the water. At the same time, I loved Avatar. So there's something wrong with me here. Okay. But have you considered that he's incredibly hot? The guy with the wings and the water? I, have you considered I did that? consider it. I took okay. a, I took a beat. I said, hmm, okay, let's see. Do I like this movie? I'm not sure. That guy is really hot. He is super I still hot. don't like it. Maybe okay. if he'd been in a better movie. Fair. But Ooh. I agree. He's a he's a handsome, sexy guy. I'm fine with that. Okay, here's here's my the only thing that I thought was like a little bit strange. I feel like it was a little bit predictable in who the Black Panther was gonna be. And I felt like they had that whole MIT girl, that character wasn't like fully developed enough. Mm. enough. It felt like kind of a, an add-on. But I'm such a superhero head. I was like, fuck it, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I just go sure. into those movies, empty head, don't care. <laughs> and I have fun. Young, you dumb, know? and full of cum. Let's go. Um, let's fucking <laughs> yeah. go. I don't know if everybody <laughs> is comfortable with me, me me sharing this spoiler too, but if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know who Black Pan- the new Black Panther is, you maybe skip this, okay? So here we okay. go. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so the thing about Tony Black Panther is that <laughs> it's r- really weird that Rachel Dolezal ended up being the Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I good thought for, it was a perfect choice. You know what I mean? To yeah, carry I, I on the, the work of Chadwick Boseman, who better than Rachel Dolezal? <laughs> What one of the most important black people of my generation, certainly. I do hope that somebody did skip forward and, and miss that <laughs> joke. That, that joke's only for those of us who just don't give a fuck. Yeah. About What's spoilers. weird is the new yeah. Black Panther does have an OnlyFans. Yes. Is that real? Yeah. She yeah. Does. Oh yeah, she's got one. <laughs> Rachel okay. Dolezal, oh, yeah. not the new Black Panther. Yeah. Also, little wingies on the feet that you like fly by sort of ice skating around through the sky on is a fun little thing that I don't know. It's just like Superman, they have Superman flying just through like sheer tyranny of will and alien superpowers. And like, you know, that was, I feel like that's usually how we see it. So a fun new little way for somebody to fly around that allows you to say little wingies on the feet is a, is a win. I think for for the superhero genre, I did not see the movie. I saw that uh, Doctor Strange <laughs> movie by the by the director who I really like, whose name Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, yeah, yeah. I've liked a lot of his movies. I saw that Doctor Strange movie, and I was like, "This is the last. This is the last Marvel movie I ever have to see." I think <laughs> this is. I'm. I think I'm out. I will yeah. say the new Black Panther was better than Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Black, I, Black Panther had Rachel Dolezal, and uh, Doctor Strange didn't. That's the difference. <laughs> That's the big difference. Although, was uh, if Rachel Dolezal is anything, I feel like that should be named Doctor Strange. You know what I mean? I Am like. I right <laughs> over here with that? Hey, oh, <laughs> what is something you think is underrated, Dave? Okay, this is this is going to be more controversial than saying I didn't like Black Panther that much. I saw the whale yesterday. Star. Oh, our, 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 our good friend, Brendan Fraser. It's yeah. two hours of him going, friend of the show. People are amazing over and over again, <laughs> which is now I just do it to annoy my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, Dorothy. People are amazing. People are amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I People have slagged this movie off a lot. And I've read a lot of reviews yeah. that have been very um, negative towards the film. Understandably so. I think the way that it handles obesity, I don't even know if we should be using the word obesity. I feel like some people feel that's a trigger or or a slur, but people, bigger people, the way it handles it is not great. There are there are there are (laughs) scenes where he's like bathing or trying to do various things, takes his shirt off. And this music plays where it's like the the creature from the Black Lagoon just popped out of a a bathtub or something. It's really kind of like horror movie adjacent. Jesus. And it's also like um, it's deeply, deeply not subtle. <laughs> this is one of the most obvious movies of all time. But I was also moved by it. I don't want to get too deep into talking about the whale on this podcast, but I did relate to some of the themes of the movie, specifically about yeah. being a parent, about divorce, about 
guilt in, in how you're raising your kid and feeling like you failed yourself or you failed them, feeling shame. Like these are all emotions we all go, kind of go through. And I connected to the movie. And I think one of the, the sad things about the way we talk about films or art in general, how we talk about creativity is, is often literal. This is a deeply literal movie, but it also has things to offer if you engage with it in any kind of way. But I think people look at any, any film they go to, especially movies that are prestige films, and they say, if it doesn't conform to exactly what I think and it doesn't make me feel good every single second, I'm going to set it on fire and I hate it. Right. And, and I would rather engage with this kind of stuff honestly and with empathy toward the filmmakers. Granted, these filmmakers are often white men who are very wealthy and don't need yeah. my empathy. But if I'm not an empathetic person going to a movie, if I'm not thinking about what the filmmaker is trying to say or hopes to say, then why am I bothering with it? I might as well just go see Black Panther again. You know, I yeah. want I want movies to move me in, in 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 a real way, and I think there are things to like about the whale, even though it can be very stupid and very <laughs> offensive to certain people. I mean, the, the fact that it's about a large person and called the whale is and it, also it's not, not starring someone who is that yeah it's like a yeah. fat suit. Guys, I don't yeah. know if you know this, but it's a metaphor. It's a, he's not really a whale. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, he's not really hold, a whale? Okay. Hold up, dude. I thought Free Willy was going to be in this. Yeah. It, but it it's, does turn out people are amazing. So, yeah. People I, I, I are will. amazing. I, <laughs> now that's going to be stuck in my head. I'm going to make that my alarm. Um, <laughs> I will are. say that I was thinking about this with the discussion of everything, everywhere, all at once. I love mm -hmm. that movie. I thought it was amazing that I, I do think like uh, there was like a lot of criticism from like white people who couldn't relate. And mm. part of what I was thinking about it today was like, I mean, obviously there are aspects of movies that you like and aspects you don't like. And I don't know why exactly what you said. We have to have everything be perfect because people aren't perfect and art isn't perfect, but there can be like things that make you feel something different. And also like it not everything has to be for you. Like if something is harmful, I understand criticizing it and the whale in those ways are is very like harmful. But if something isn't harmful and it's you just thought it was like corny or cringe or whatever people were tweeting about everything everywhere all, all at once, like just leave it. Let people be cringe. That's not harmful. You know what I mean? It's are fine. People, people are criticizing that movie now because like I, I think I, it's I... because it got lauded so well, much. Right. Okay. It's finally yeah. being accepted. Like Michelle Yeoh being the first. So there's got to um, be a backlash. Yeah. yeah. So there's a backlash and it tends to be like a racist backlash, you of know, course. like it's yeah. from white people. And they're like, I can't relate. It doesn't look like me. Um, so I think or and then they kind of try to come up with other reasons other than race. Yeah. But yeah. So I think there's that now. So there's like discourse about it. And I'm like, whatever. I enjoyed it and I had fun and I moved on, you know? <laughs> yeah. At the at the end of the day, I think it's true that people aren't amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Some people aren't amazing. <laughs> I think, yeah, there, there is so much art being created and so much to consume that I think people are looking for an excuse to hate something or not like something. And then you pair that dynamic of like from the consumer end with the like critical or just like word of mouth critical element of every time you say you like something, it's a risk. Like it's it's very easy to just be like one of ten people to be like yeah I don't I don't really like that because blah 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 you know so like staking your claim to something I I actually don't agree with that I don't think it is like a risk I I'm not more likely to judge someone harshly for a recommendation than I am for them saying that they hated something that I loved but I I do feel like people are just like guarded and they're like I don't want to let <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be vulnerable and say I liked this thing, you know? I also think, like, that is very true in terms of, like, social currency. But I also think, like, a lot of takes are actually, like, physically, financially monetized. You know what I mean? So if totally. you're making controversial statements or if you, you know, dislike something, like, you can legit earn money off of that through social media, you know? So it's easy to, like, People want to have a take and jump in on the discourse and make money off of it, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd be way more successful if I said absolutely ridiculous things all the time. And yeah. uh, when I wake up in the morning, I have a choice to, to make every That's day, right. which is, do I want to be a, a complete soulless shill for horrible things, or do I want to just be a normal guy? And I choose yeah. normal guy most of the time. I'm there this you. close to choosing shill, okay? I'm right. so close. <laughs> That's what <laughs> capitalism does to you. It exactly. puts you really it, it it nails you against a wall. Makes you it seem like the adult responsible thing to do. I've yep. said it before, I'll say it again, okay? I am I'm a queer brown woman, all right? I could sell out so easily to the right. You know, <laughs> I would be so good at it. <laughs> it was, there would be shockwaves. There, there would, would be. Candace yeah. Owens is so powerful in conservative media because she she stands out and she can be that person that someone drags in and says look see she doesn't mind uh police violence against unarmed citizens and she's black yeah yep it's just like black police officers they cover up all the things that nobody wants you to see that's right all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back Gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers in line and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to bustling retail business and i need you know maybe uh some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street take credit card payments whatever and i know shopify is easy to use half the time i buy something online i'm like oh yep they're using shopify and if you need to learn more check out their website it's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or again looking for hardware to make sales easier shopify.com has all of that just go there check it out so sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash tdz all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Cause Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. And we're back. And as we're recording this, we still haven't seen. I don't think they've released the video of the five police officers beating Tyree Nichols to death. But just generally, like, I don't know, it feels like we're at at a moment that everyone is girding themselves for that. And we're getting some reporting on the context. By the time you hear this, the video has probably been released. But One of the articles I just wanted to highlight is about the unit 
that they were a part of. And we see that we see this a lot. Like we saw it with the gun trace task force in Baltimore. These cops were a part of a unit of 40 officers who were designed to stop violence. And the acronym they gave themselves as a unit for such a benign peacekeeping mission was Scorpion, Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods Unit. Because what sends a message that you are looking to gain the trust of the community better than like the antagonist from that Aesop's fable, the about a fucking, you know, someone who, yeah. who is mortal, trusted it's a mortal for combat one character. Too. Yeah, it's a Mortal Kombat character. It's the thing that, like, the person in the Aesop's Fable trusts for one second, and they're like, well, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah. And I don't know. It just, we've gotten a lot of really hard-to-refute evidence that maybe the police are a bad idea over the past year. We're going to keep getting it. And just the way that the mainstream media metabolizes this evidence is the problem. Like, it, or it's a huge part of the problem. Like, they don't stop and look at it often enough. The, the cops in the subway shooting, like, running away from danger and telling people close by to call 911 was just echoed by a video where someone fell onto the subway tracks and a bunch of citizens jumped down to lift them up to safety while a cop stood on the side and, like, waved his flashlight at any trains that might have been coming because, you know, was, someone had to do that, but he he, he picked was, the cush job in that he, scenario. He was doing that so casually, too. He was, yeah. like, taking breaks and stuff, and, yeah. like, I was like, what is happening? But it's... As long as the mainstream media response to any so this scorpion task force was a response to murder rates in memphis going up after the pandemic and the way that that you know rise in crime was covered by the mainstream media was a fucking crime in and of itself when you actually go back and look like people actually did the work to see what was happening and they found that a lot of these programs, these social programs and and public schools were frozen for a long period of time. And those are things that are there to keep people doing things as a community and, you know, interacting and doing productive things. And when those things all stopped, there was a rise in the murder rate. And the mainstream media's analysis of the rise in the murder rate was that the police feelings were hurt. And that's why there was a rise in the murder rate. Like, that is ultimately what their version came down to. Because, like, any, they also said that it was because they got defunded, which didn't happen. Like, any defunding was ultimately minimal. So, I don't know. I just, as we're experiencing the coming news cycle, like, I just want to be conscious of the fact that we, this is going to start a new conversation about defunding the police and it's going to be treated as or what what else what else could we possibly do you know we this is the only thing that we have is creating these like task forces that are like the troop surges in iraq like where they just like send people in to be like extra violent and send extra people in and like fund extra fund the police and it's like, I, I just want everybody to keep in mind, like, that is not what the data says. That's not what any of the evidence suggests works. And we have, like, so we're just being fucking bombarded with evidence constantly that that's the case. Like, policing, doubling down on policing doesn't fucking work. It's and that's like, that. It's disgusting. It's really yeah. sickening that it feels like George Floyd died. We went through everything that summer trying to like defund the police. And now they've just taken this narrative and said that we have when we haven't. And that that's why, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of like the right being like, Oh, this is what the world has come to. And you're like, yeah, this is what capitalism has made the world. You can't just say it's socialism. You know, you can't just say that it's the opposite of what it is because like the numbers do speak to the fact that funding police actually causes 
more violence, it raises like crime rates. When the NYPD was on strike, crime rates fell in other in other cities and like, you know, in Massachusetts, I think there was like a police station that was like disbanded and crime rates fell. Like it all points to defunding the police and funding social services as actually stopping like violence. If you want to stop like people from dying, you cannot fund a cop city in Atlanta. You cannot fund all of these so-called like training organizations or military militarize the police and have no repercussions because the reason they're acting like this, the reason that they're able to, you know, kill black people, unarmed people on the street or even in their homes, like with that disabled man that happened like recently, he came out with his hands up and they shot him as soon as he opened the door. Yeah. The reason that they're acting like this is because they have guns and they have tanks and they have gangs as described in, you know, from knock LA about the LAPD, you know, like they have the protection of a system. And if you keep funneling money into it, they're never going to stop. This is, this is domestic terrorism. That's what this is. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's really important to talk about all the times when police officers don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. The, 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 the the subway guy, you know, where's the bravery? Where is the where were the the brave police officers in Uvalde? They in Uvalde there. is a great example, yeah, that I should have included. I mean, I mean, they there was a Supreme Court case that justified that they do not have to prevent crime or like act when crime is happening. That's why that Parkland officer was allowed to run away with like no repercussions. They that is not their job. It, they are d- protected by law to not do the job that we are using our tax dollars to pay them to do. Yeah, it's a, it comes down to power dynamics, right? When you have the power, when you have the upper hand and you can use that power to commit crimes, you're going to. And when you don't have power, when you are required to be fully selfless, to be brave, to be a, a protector, you're not going to do it because you got into the police force not to be brave. You got into the police force to have power. And right. we have continued in media entertainment to propagate the narrative that police officers are awesome. And isn't it cool to be a cop? You know, you turn on chips in the 70s and it's like, wow, they, they get to wear sunglasses and ride around on a motorcycle. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Or like stars turn on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh-huh. You know? And it's like, this is the greatest job. Yeah. But we don't see the heroism that is the hallmark of selflessness is to give yourself for someone that you don't know a stranger that's what it should be about is protecting people but it is not about that it is a it is a social club for people with no empathy yeah i i think another telling thing is like the more you dig into all of these points that we make the more insidious it gets like the number of, you know, like cops get to the, the reason that there's so many cop shows is because of that um, deal that they have where they, they, you know, people can use cop precincts and things to like, or, you know, cop, ex- I, I want to say accessories almost, but like cars, things like that yeah. in order to film and they can do it for free. It's like a deal with media. And in the same way that mainstream media in terms of reporting is on the cop side, they just take these reports police reports and run with them despite knowing that they have lied over and over again whenever there's video you know and sometimes when there is video they still lie about it you know so it's like it's insane that they just get this freebie and this benefit of the doubt and i will say that the people who do exhibit that selflessness and that visceral ability to sacrifice themselves and their lives to protect people are the ones fighting against cops like roy wood jr just on the daily show did an invest or you know a report about cop city and the people who are organizing against cop city and they're literally living in the forest and you know they have people have tortuguita you know was killed by an environmental activist was killed by cops during the protests and or you know trying to protect and prevent cop city from being built in atlanta and they're they're like literally living all of those people are like literally living in the forest They've disguised their voices and their faces. 
they at any point could become victim to the system because we know cops target people who protest against them. And that those people are like actually putting their lives on the line because they don't have, you know, tanks and guns and everything. And they're literally going up in a fight against those people who do in order to protect the environment, protect the community, make sure a black and brown community isn't invaded by this insane training center or the, you know, cops aren't further militarized. It's, it's wild yeah. how, how the media paints those people. Yeah. It's the, crazy for actually standing up and doing something after years. You have these amazing underdog stories like built in to the reality, to the power dynamics of the civilization you were making media for. And you like still bend over backwards to like make stories that like center the police as the protagonist. It's, it's fucked. And just like it definitely it do, doesn't make narrative sense. It doesn't make for like good storytelling, but there's just a lot of inertia there. There's a lot of like institutional, you know, inertia. And yeah, you get you get the cool you get to borrow police cars and drive around and run the siren on your movie or whatever. Accessories. I like it. They love accessories. The police. This is a flair. Their little costumes. They <laughs> think they're special flare. with their little costumes. Yeah. Mm-mm. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about some bullshit. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back, and I don't I don't know if this is a huge development, but it feels like it could be. Like the more the more I think about it, so Meta is welcoming Trump back onto like they're going to allow him back on their platform because he asked. Like his campaign <laughs> petitioned Meta to unblock his accounts and argued that the ban on him that uh, happened on Jan- like after the January 6th attacks has, they said, dramatically distorted and inhibited the public discourse, which is wild because that's like a perfect description of what his presence on social media did for like all the years that he was the president, essentially. And Meta just agreed and we're like, oh, they asked. So we, we kind of got to let him back on. But they also announced that they have new guardrails in place 
And according to Meta's vice president of global global affairs, if Trump keeps posting violating content, it will be removed and he will be suspended again. And he's literally doing that, but on Truth Social right now. Yeah, he just does it. Like, that's the thing. He's People are like, yo, stopping. we don't have to imagine what he's going to post. He just, like, created a, like, Shadowland version of, like, social media where he has continued to do the exact same thing, except now he is a full believer in the death cult that he is, like, the godhead of. It's it's like really scary. That's like a big like things have not gotten better since he was banned. He like the he started doing those speeches with like the big orchestral like swelling music that like comes from the QAnon soundtracks like the, <laughs> these like these like QAnon mixtapes that they were selling that are like very popular uh, available on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, no, like literally CDs that you can That's buy wild. where they just like stole music from different places. But he like at one point, like this music starts swelling up like as he was delivering a speech and it was like QAnon music and his audience was like giving the Q salute. And they're like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll 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 put a content warning if he's you know <laughs> like it's they're basically saying, and they also said for borderline posts and for rule breaking content that it deems newsworthy, newsworthy, the posts will stay up. But Meta may also remove the reshare button for those posts or stop the post from being recommended. So he's Hilarious. literally allowed to violate their own content rules if it's newsworthy, which it is by definition because he is the former president who leads a death cult that, like, a terrifying percentage of the country believes it but it's also so funny they're like if he does something newsworthy on our platform which we are allowing him to do by letting him back on yeah. our platform we'll allow it to stay up like bro just don't make him make news like what are you doing <laughs> it is both less a guardrail than a sneeze guard and also a little bit like trying to put guardrails on the titanic as it's sinking like it's just so yeah. I also like I want to have a life where I have such influence that like billion dollar companies have to make special rules for me, you know? They have yeah. to let me in and make special rules cuz that's how hard I've touched them, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a perfect storm of disaster because Trump is obviously flailing with this campaign so far. It's bizarre that he announced so quickly. Uh, but I imagine it was for the purposes of fundraising, because that's the number one grift of Donald Trump's world, which is fundraising. And also Meta, Facebook, is uh, not a particularly relevant place for conversation anymore. That's right. And it feels like that's right. a death rattle for that platform. And so when they look at the numbers and they say, oh, you know, we're we're hemorrhaging money. Nobody cares about the metaverse. This is a complete waste of time. You know, places like TikTok are eating our lunch. What do we do? We'll bring back Donald Trump because that ups engagement. He's going to buy ads uh, across the platform to reach the yeah. audience that he still has, which is primarily on places like Facebook. It worries me. Like anything that Donald Trump does worries me, obviously, because we lived through his presidency. But at the same time, it does feel like one of these like kind of last ditch efforts on both sides to rescue the relevancy of things that were relevant a decade ago. Right. Yeah. It's like the end of the notebook where they hold hands and die together, but it's like the dark version of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Facebook. It's Mark it's Zuckerberg. So beautiful. The true loves of like insurrection <laughs> and insurrection creator, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really sad to watch on both sides. And I at least have some kind of hope that because Facebook is already so desperately lame, that it will continue to wither away because of this yeah. decision. I, yeah, I can totally see the internal argument and like how, how it was framed. I also have for a while now had my eye on Mark Zuckerberg as like the next big domino to fall in the like formerly center like mainstream media darlings to who like basically embrace open fascism because he's got all the ingredients like he 
behaves like a fascist while s- still saying the right things for the most part. So that that's like one symptom that he's going to ultimately just come out as fascist. He's been like vilified by the sort of neoliberal mainstream that used to like think he was pretty cool. So he probably like feels very hurt by that because he was like getting something from that before and then it went away. And he's also a billionaire and is like, you know, it's either realized that like having that much money is basically a crime at this point because of like all the problems that are facing the world or you become a fascist and like embrace one of the many philosophies that are like available to you that allow you to, you know, just be be like and it turns out i am the hero of this narrative i don't i don't know mark zuckerberg is pretty pathetic oh yeah he's he's too much of a weasel i just think he's too much of a weasel to ever really be popular in those circles i don't think yeah he, he has the charisma or the the shamelessness of the truly successful fascists out there elon musk yeah. is a perfect example of a guy who's just like i'm desperate for attention I don't think Mark Zuckerberg wants attention. I think he eats some sort of white gruel paste every morning and uh, right. powers up and then powers down before bed and doesn't really have any sort of understanding of human nature or what you know, people think about him. I don't. I don't. I, I just think he's like an alien. And so I think he does. I, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think right. he does want attention. Otherwise, why would he leak that sweet martial arts video that made us all so thirsty? You know what I mean? I feel like <laughs> he's not doing it the way Elon Musk is. Elon Musk is like, please love me under like everyone, every right wing person's tweets. And I actually and, think I'm pretty funny. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, interesting, interesting. <laughs> but I, I'll look People into it. People are amazing. he's never once uttered that he thinks people are fucking pathetic but i think like zuckerberg is not looking to come out at a dave Chappelle show i think zuckerberg is like i'll just be like you know like the nerdy nice guy that like people overlook but like i'm like getting totally ripped i'm working on my tan on this like uh (laughs) like what is it what did he do like windsurfing thing you know He's just like, I'm going to be like the cool billionaire, you know, that doesn't go through a divorce. (laughs) I think he still wants to be liked, but but not in the same way that Elon Musk. Not in the same way. No. Yeah. Yeah, He's going to be posting feet on the racial chats. And that's what he's going to (laughs) do. Yeah. I feel like the Winklevoss twins would have been more overt with it. You know, more of that charisma you were looking for. Oh, for for, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if the Winklevoss twins had won that, we would all be like in prison camps now. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, I, another big indicator, like, like as Dave, you, you mentioned, like they Trump and his campaign entities have spent one hundred and fifty seven million dollars on Meta since 2018. Like it, that was between 2018 and like when he was banned. So he he's the number one political ad buyer. And there's a reason for that. Those ads are super fucking targeted and really good at reaching people. And, you know, you can spread like I think one of the ads that got banned was like him using Nazi like imagery in his ads. And they're like, whoa, 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 that's that's a bridge too far. And he's like, well, I've been I've used it across 100 ads. (laughs) Like, What is what is that like? that email interaction like you know when you like violate a twitter th- like terms of service or whatever and they're like hey Paula B, we're worried about your mental health like yeah. are you okay <laughs> and, yeah. like, and you're like appeal i'm gonna kill myself just not now you know but yeah. like what do they do that like does he get an email that's like hey it violates community guidelines that you said you love nazis and he's like i'm gonna appeal this i did say that and it is on video but i am gonna appeal this you know (laughs) like how does that work yeah since when is love not uh part of the terms of service Uh oh that's against the terms of service to love something organized community you know (laughs) (laughs) we just have a little group we get together and we light a pyre and uh we march around for a little bit what's the problem in in the case of you know using Nazi imagery, but do doing it while paying Facebook, the thing that needs to happen is that like a bunch of people have to call it out in the media, 
to for them to then be like, oh, we really hate to do this. And then there's probably yeah. some like really like glad handy emails back and forth being like, oh, guys, uh, this is probably a mistake and totally, you know, well-intentioned. But you've been using Nazi symbolism in your ads constantly. <laughs> well, this is so It's like you had yeah, spinach yeah. in your teeth, but Nazi symbolism in your ads. You we'll know? give you 40 days to get back to us on this one. It really is like like up to the advertisers to pull out, you know, like and those people aren't going to do it unless there's outrage with, you know, like this citizens, you know, like yeah, unless there's outrage with pe- the people. So it's it takes like a it's a whole like tiered thing of like, OK, we have to like threaten the advertisers to threaten these social media giants to get, you know, these fucking hate speech off off in front of our screens. Yeah. This is thing. the problem that most people will never see that stuff. It's exactly. targeted to the people that it will Racist. work the most effectively on. Yes. Yeah. The algorithm knows you're really going to like the this imagery from Triumph of the Will. So we're going to feed it to you. Uh, yeah. So I will never see it. I'm not on Facebook. So I'm not even interacting with people who have seen it, which means that there is a whole other ecosystem There's a whole other world where this stuff is being pumped into your brain. And that's the thing that I find the most insidious about Facebook. If Mark Zuckerberg tomorrow said uh, that he thinks that uh, Jewish people, (laughs) he is Jewish, (laughs) if Jewish people were terrible and need, need to be put into camps, that might be better for the world because then we would be able to say this is bad. One of the great things about Elon Musk is that he is so terrible at his job, which is the figurehead of a company, that we can all point to the stupid stuff that he says. We can all look at how right-wing and and hateful he really is deep down. You can't do that with Mark Zuckerberg. You can't do that with Facebook or Meta or whatever the company is called now because it yeah. is it treats itself as completely politically neutral. It says we don't believe in any of the things that are on our platform. We take no responsibility for what is on our platform. We have a responsibility to the shareholders. We have a responsibility to make money. And so that allows them to whitewash everything. And it can seem banal. It can seem non-threatening. It can be, oh, we're not called Facebook anymore. Now we're called Meta and we have this metaverse. And actually, this company is really exciting. And it's about community. It's not about community. It's about propaganda foisted onto people, uh, paid propaganda, which is the worst thing because the people with the most money have the most access to the megaphone. That's scary to me. Scarier than him being a right-wing guy is him being just completely focused on money. That is true. and I. But I think like one of the things, well, a few different things, like the, the metrics don't even prove that they're neutral beyond like the the theory of like oh saying all of this hate speech versus we want to feed and house and educate people that's itself not neutral you know what i mean like if you look at the two sides of it but in addition to that the metrics show that like you know the like right wing posts are being shown to more people in an, like a, a more targeted way and like people on the left are like don't have their posts like promoted as as well i guess or even like suppressed sometimes i think they had like a news story on that, like within the last year. But oh yeah, like, I mean, re- reality is different from perception. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Reality is a hundred percent what you're talking about. The perception yeah. is we're Facebook. It's a place for I you know. to post photos of your kitty. And so, as long as the perception remains neutral, people will not be upset the way that they should be, the way that they're upset about Twitter because it is out in the open and it says this is what it's supposed to be. So I, I want them to be more up, out, out front, up front about it. I want them to be saying these things and being clear about yeah. what this platform is for. I mean, it's, it's the same back to the cops thing, right? It's all about branding and perception. Yeah. Like yep. Said. All right. Well, Dave, truly a pleasure having you on the show. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'm still on Twitter. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm still there because right. I don't know what else to do with my life. Uh, I'm at Dave underscore Schilling for the time being. You can follow me on Instagram at DW Schilling. Uh, if you want to see pictures of my son, 
uh, which is, yeah. you know, I guess I should probably start deleting those. I don't want people following him around. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm still writing for the LA Times. So if you have style, interests, needs, curiosity, please read me in the LA Times. There you go. And is there a tweet or some other work of media, social media uh, that you've been enjoying? Oh, boy. I'll go back to the whale. And anytime somebody posts a photo of, of him on the Zoom in the movie teaching his class, I kind of I chuckle. Not because he is playing a, a, a larger person, but because of how ridiculous the, the makeup is and the faces that he makes in this film. It feels like Dick Tracy sometimes. So anytime there's a meme uh, with Brendan Fraser and the whale in it, I will laugh. I don't have one in particular. I just love the fact that they did this movie, <laughs> that the makeup is nominated for an Oscar and he looks like a cartoon man. Yeah. That's, That's Aronofsk, right? That is, yes. It's sort of kind of a sibling to The Fountain in a way, I think. If you like The mm. Fountain, you might like this movie. Uh, way less science fiction <laughs> in The Whale, sadly. There's no spaceships or time travel yeah. in this one. But uh, yeah, he's... Uh, I like a lot of his movies. I think The Wrestler is probably his best film, but he is not a subtle guy. This is not a subtle movie. <laughs> the subtlety of Requiem for a Dream. Well, yeah, he just gets a big double-ended dildo and whacks you over the head with it, it for two hours. You. Ass to ass, he says. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just want to. I just want to depart by saying one more time: people are amazing. <laughs> follow me uh where can people find you follow you and is there a work of media that you've been enjoying i'm follow vegan Allen everywhere and i've been watching okay so i do have a tweet but i have been watching a lot of like 90s movies like and a lot of like you know like julia roberts hugh grant i'm going to go back into brendan F frazier's catalog but i just watched boomerang for the first time like 90s 80s stuff and uh i enjoyed it i mean sure it's hella homophobic and transphobic but yeah that's something that i had it's to funny. turn my brain off for whenever watching anything from comedians of that time but or those comedians of that time but i enjoyed the rest of the movie if i you know blacked out that part but one tweet that I do want to talk about. Okay. So Chris D'Elia posted on his Instagram or something, his ugly ass face. And then he said, catch Chris D'Elia in New York on February 18th, 2023. And then my friend Mohanad El-Sheki, El-Sheki, M-O-H-A-N-A-D-E-L-S-H-I-E-K-Y posted that screenshot and said, yeah, I hope they do catch you. You know, <laughs> catch me. Get He's on the loose. <laughs> I hate these rapists. Y'all get them off these streets. Yeah. Chris Hansen descends from the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> from from to catch a predator. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, remember that when show? he would descend yeah. from his, from the ceiling? They definitely should have done that. <laughs> a just like WWE version. style. Yeah, just like <laughs> the guys, like, like Batman crashing yeah. through, a, opening a the skylight. Doritos he brought for his child victim, and like Chris, what's his name? Like descends slowly from yeah behind him. Uh, I've been enjoying just some tweets, some simple statements that have been tweeted out by celebrities. Uh, yesterday, I enjoyed that Sandra Bullock tweeted i was so scared when we were making gravity and then, <laughs> yeah. and then he's really up there in space so much i was like i love i've been watching her movies i love her <laughs> yeah i do too i uh she's so good in the lost city what a what a star wiz khalifa just tweeted i'm just starting to realize how funny the granddad from the simpsons is and oh yeah i retweeted I that. that that's good stuff <laughs> yeah i loved it I just, yeah, it's you know, it's been thirty years, but my man finally came around to, yeah, Abe, to Abe. <laughs> Big Abe. Too many Abe haters out there. Yeah, Abe's one of the best Simpsons characters of all. Oh time. yeah, truly. So it's one of my favorite. That yeah. gif of him like walking, walking into in. the ladies yeah. and then walking out. That might be. That's I use that all the time. That <laughs> and Homer care. backing into the bushes might yeah. be my two favorite Simpsons gifs. Like, Amazing. and not like I'm not like, and I these are my 
secret favorites. Those are probably also the two most popular ones or two two most commonly used, but they're used for a reason. They're both solid, beautiful. And also Rajat Suresh tweeted, what is a good male acting performance where he is Borat? Which I just thought was a funny... Did you pick the sequel or did you pick the original? That's, I mean, (laughs) I picked the TV show, actually. Oh, okay. There you go. Do people know about that HBO TV show where he was Borat? The Ali G show? Yeah, like do people? Yes, that was where it all started. Yeah, I know, I know, but like, do I feel like that's due for like young people being like, "Yo, have you, have guys you seen, seen this? this on TikTok?" Yeah. It just becomes a dance trend. Yeah, like, like the <laughs> the new Seinfeld or Friends or The Office. Like, I do think that like a lot of people don't know where like I I have been rewatching Seinfeld and have not realized like how many pop culture references come from that show. Yeah. And so I feel like people are starting, are prob- there are probably a lot of young people who are like, my wife, and have no idea why they're saying, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a whole legion of people who were like, did you see that Frasier from the show Frasier was on a show about a bar? Oh my <laughs> God. That's so right. weird seeing them drink beer. Yeah. It makes me happy. They shouldn't know <laughs> everything, you know? Let them know what they know now. And then, yeah. and, you know. And I'm not one of the people who, like, gets frustrated when they find out. And they're like, have you heard of Cheers? I'm not like, yes, you fucking idiot. I'm so happy that you're experiencing this. You've got all this time and you're not spending it watching old television shows. You you absolute piece of shit. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Super producer Justin, what is a song that you think people might enjoy? So I've just been listening to these short little TikTok songs that, you know, pop up to like a minute and a half. And uh, this one came across my radar. Uh, this is comedian and rapper Zach Fox. Uh, he was on another show <laughs> I work on. My mama told me, Sipping My Tea, incredible song. There's like the jokes per second are astounding. It's It made me laugh like several times. And uh, the beat is fire. So this is Zach Fox. Sipping my tea, and you can find that song in the footnotes. All right. Thank you, Justin. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.